This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Today we have David Hines. Said it right, Hines, yes, right? Yeah, you know, like the like the the, the, the Hines brand. Yep. Um, oh, that's not that's Hines because never mind. It's spelled totally different. Hines, anyway. H I N E S. That's his last name, Hines. Forgive me. Anyway, we're talking with David Hines. He is the co-owner of Huya Craft Coffee in Youngsville, Louisiana, and they just made their two-year anniversary, so we're going to be talking about that. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get you introduced to everybody. So if you want, go ahead and just kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself and who you are and kind of where you're from. I'm uh, David Hines, I'm co-owner, like uh, Ben said, for uh, Huya Craft Coffee. Uh, my wife and I, Shayna Hines, uh, opened it up with our business partner, Kylie Lagarde, back in 2020. Um, we've since uh, bought Kylie out, and so we're sole owners now. Um, but my wife and I are from the Sherrington area. My wife's uh, tribal. She's Native American through the Chittimacha tribe, uh, and that's where the name come from, comes from. So Huya means thank you uh, with a second meaning of goodness. Um my wife's mom taught the language on the reservation. Uh, and then she taught my wife the language and we use it in the house, uh, with our kids. Um, and so that's how the name came about. Um, we're just really thankful to have the opportunity to, to be in the position we are to have the shop. So it's super exciting. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of want to talk about the, the origin story here. So you said your wife is tribal Chittimachan tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's that's where the name, uh, what the the golf uh, event yep. comes from, right? Yep. So, is are is the Chittimacha tribe original? Like, is that one of the original Native American that were in this area? It is. So, uh, the Chittimacha tribe, and they could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, the Chittimacha tribe uh, encompassed almost all of Louisiana at one point. Oh wow! Like their territory was was very big. Um, but they were focused in the in the Sheraton area, um, and Sheraton that's south, right? Yep, yep, it is. Yeah, so Sheraton's near uh, Jennerette and Franklin. Okay, yeah, I figured it was somewhere around there because I think I remember. I think there there might be like a sign or something because yep. <laughs> it's not. It's probably not the biggest place, right? It's not, the 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 reservation itself is fairly small, um, but it's really nice. Uh, yeah. they have a great museum. If you ever get a chance to go out there, um, there's a lot of cultural things there a lot of really good information on the tribe itself and the people who work in the museum um, are very knowledgeable about the reservation and um, information about the, the, the reservation. It's, it's, it's a really neat place. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is, that's really neat. And the, the word huya, like you said, means uh, thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. It does. And then also a double meaning goodness. goodness. How, how I'm curious as a token, I say token, white boy, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not really token, that's so many white people. Um, how is it a, how is it a double meaning? I mean, I guess the normal English language can have double meanings right. for many of the words. So, like, how is the double meaning derived? Uh, so, my, my understanding um, is that, um, and, and the way that we use it uh, in, in conversation is, uh, you know, you do something, it's, ah, hoo yeah. Uh, or I might also, if somebody comes to the shops, a friend of mine is on their way out, you know, hoo And then I'm really just saying like, hey, have a great day. Love you. Um, hoo um, and, and I think that's where that second meaning comes in at. Um, almost like a, a goodness be upon you or uh, goodness your way. It's a hoo um, And that, I think that's where that second meaning comes from. Okay. So it's kind of like the English version of you good? Yeah. Yeah, or like, aloha or something like that. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, you good. <laughs> like you could say, "Yo, bro, you good?" Oh, you're good. Yeah. Like it, you get the if you change the inflection of it, like yeah. okay, it means several different things. And there's yeah. been like TikTokers who were made like renditions of the "you good" uh, video, and like I'm like, dang, there's like seven different meanings of "you good," yeah. like depending on how you you say it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can look at somebody. You good. Yeah, and now we're about to fight. <laughs> right, 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 bro. You good? Like, good. what's up? <laughs> oh man, uh, hilarious. So, um, tell me a little bit about the the 
process or the 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 start of creating the Huya craft coffee business. Um, before we went on, you were telling me that you just started drinking coffee in 2015, 2015 right? 15 September of 2015. I, I don't believe. It's like, are you are you like eight years old, yeah, seven no. years old? No. So uh, I had it was a couple of weeks before I turned 30. Actually, um, I was riding in a car with a buddy of mine, and he was going to Starbucks to get a. Um, of course, it was Starbucks. Of course, uh, a grande mocha uh, is that was his drink. We'd go every day, so he'd get a grande mocha. And uh, as we pull into the drive-thru, they hand him his drink, and they, um, the, the young lady at the drive-thru, and I, and I really do wish that I could find this lady. I, I really do. Because um, she changed the trajectory of my life for the better. Um, so she, she, she had an extra drink, and she said, hey, um, I don't remember the, what the cause was, if it was they messed it up or they accidentally made too many, whatever the case was, but it was a Java chip Frappuccino. And um, she handed it to him. She said, hey, we, we, we messed up on this or whatever. Um, we'd like to give this to y'all. And um, I was like, look, I don't drink coffee. I'm, I'm okay. And he looked at me. He's like, you take the coffee. And that's <laughs> how he talks. Uh, you take the coffee. So I was like, all right. So I took it, and I was going to bring it back to the, to, um, to the office and give it to someone else. And it was, I was holding it, and it looked so good. Starbucks did a great job with this drink. It looked right. great. And um, so I was like, oh, I'll try it. I took a sip and hit me. I was like, oh, this is good. Um, so I got hooked on it. And um, I started having to buy Java chip frappuccinos every day. They were uh, expensive. got expensive. It yeah. was expensive. And so uh, I was like, let me see, let me see what uh, McDonald's has. So I went to McDonald's, got their, their blended drink. Um, and I started trying these other places. And then uh, naturally I wanted to make it myself. Uh, so I started down that rabbit hole. Um, and uh, once I started trying to learn how to make it myself, I had to learn how to make coffee good. Uh, and once I started going down that rabbit hole, uh, my brother, who's a coffee snob, um, he had some Ethiopia coffee from Rev. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the year they won an award uh, for that particular bean that they had a, a lot. It was uh, some Yergerstef, uh Ethiopia uh, beans. And um, I think they won the golden bean on that one. Um, so he let me try that as a pour over in a Chemex. And um, that blew my mind away. It was, man, this is good. Um, and it's different and it's great. And uh, yeah, I started going down that trail. And um, when my wife and I were decided we wanted to open up a business, we started with a, uh, a mobile coffee shop first. Um, and we got connected with Nathaniel Johnson with Rev. Uh, he, he was our roaster then and still is. Um, and I really started getting into the specialty coffee world and, and that style of coffee. Um, and within a very short time, I went from not drinking coffee at all to only liking straight up black coffee, either done as a pour over or a really good shot of espresso or um, depending on the shop, drip. Wow. Yeah. You went from the frou-frou coffee to yeah. the, the black coffee, man, yeah. like straight up. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a Java chip frappuccino. Uh, although I'm really thankful for it, and I'm thankful for for what it did for it me. It kickstarted your journey. It yeah. kickstarted the journey, and um, yeah, dude. Okay, I'm still fascinated that you were you didn't drink coffee until 2015. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Why? Why didn't you drink coffee? I really couldn't. I don't know. Um, I was really bad about energy drinks, uh, and there's nothing against them. I'll, I'll still have. I'll treat myself to one every now an and then. An energy drink. An energy drink. <laughs> what, um, what's what's your what's your guilty? Oh man, it's the uh, not Red Bull, huh? No. no. Uh, although I I do enjoy Red Bull every now and then. Um, when we're on the road, uh, if it's too late and I can't get a good coffee, and we're on the road, I, I'll get a Red Bull. Uh, but it was the Blue Monster, the Monster with uh, the blue M. Yeah, uh, I was okay. hooked. I'd buy them by the caseload from uh <laughs> from these uh the the big box stores. And, yeah. Um, so much so that I would save the tabs and send them in and get free, free swag shirts. Wow, and stuff like that. That, that's how dedicated I was drinking at least one a day. Um, so yeah, at least one a day. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was on them. And um, those things are, those things are hard on you. They are. And I noticed a difference when I started drinking coffee. Uh, definitely noticed a difference in, uh, the type of, uh, caffeine that I was getting. Um, and all the other issues that come with, with, uh, sugary drinks like that. But, um, uh, I, I definitely enjoy my coffee now. Yeah. Okay. So you guys started Huya Coffee in 2020, right? Uh, so we started uh, Huya Coffee in 2020. That's correct. 
Yeah, and that was with the mobile truck? Nope. So the mobile, the mobile truck, truck was before. Yeah, the mobile truck was in 2016. Okay. Um, so we did that for a while. And what was it called? Brewed Over. Brewed Over. Okay. Mobile coffee shop. Uh, and so the, the, the coffee trailer was a really cool concept that we created. Uh, my wife and I designed that out. Um, we were going to build just a regular, uh, almost like a food truck or food trailer type deal. And we found that it, to go from having a 16-foot trailer to a 20-foot long trailer wasn't that much more expensive. And to add an extra foot of height was, again, it was manageable. Maybe, maybe like $400 more for the trailer. And um, my wife had the idea. She's like, hey, let's, let's make it to where people could come inside as well. Because uh, that was the big pitfall at the time for mobile and uh, for coffee is everybody, um, the coffee shop is more than just coffee. It's, it's a gathering place. Yeah. And we wanted to be able to gather. And so we, um, we made it to where you can come inside. And I'll, I'll shoot you some pictures of that. I, I have some still. Uh, we had a bar on the inside uh, that where people could come and sit and set their computers up. We had a sofa. Inside of a inside, trailer. Inside of a 20-foot trailer. Um, it was all set up to where you can come inside. We rarely serve people from the window. It was almost and always And where was inside. this truck at? Where was this trailer at? We started it in the Baldwin-Sharrington area, testing okay. those markets to see if, um, hey, can we get enough following for this style of coffee before we invest into a building? Uh, and we did. Uh, we really liked it. Um the, we had a really good customer base in the Sherrington area and Baldwin, Franklin. Uh, we looked into buying or leasing some space uh, to do a brick and mortar. Uh, it didn't work out for a few reasons, but um, we at the same time tested the market in Youngsville. They had the uh, the farmer's market uh, at Sugar Mill Pond. And so we, we started going to that on the weekends and we found that we had uh, a good following there as well. And we thought the market was good for a coffee shop. Um, it wasn't right timing for us, um, but we watched the building we're in currently be built. Yeah. From the farmer's market in Sugar Mill Pond, we would set up. It was like, man, that's a beautiful space. Uh, that shopping center would be great. It's built by Van Allen, right? That I believe one? so, yeah. Um, and so uh, in 2020, um, we, we had closed a coffee trailer until we could find um, – um, we wanted to go brick and mortar, but we had closed it uh, while we figured that out. And um, in 2020, I, I get a message from Kylie, who was a customer of ours from the, the mobile shop. And uh, she's like, hey, I'm not sure if you're interested in, in doing brick and mortar, but I'm interested and uh, I'd like to team up. And uh, that was it. That was in wow. February of 2020. She messaged us. And in April, we signed our lease. All right. So 2020. Mm-hmm. The year that everybody would like to forget yeah. that whole scenario. And somehow we're still somewhat feeling effects from it. Um, wh- what in your right mind were you thinking about opening opening up a business where a majority of your traffic, I say majority, you have a lot of drive-through traffic, but uh, your, your, your clientele is a in person want to be inside mm-hmm. want to linger you know do some work type of clientele that's mm-hmm. coffee shops in the middle of a pandemic like did what was what was the thought process behind that because i'm curious like to be a new business mm-hmm. and a brick and mortar business in 2020 had to be difficult yeah so um we had started the conversations in February of 2020. Um, and that's still when we were joking about COVID and, and uh, yeah, the I think everybody was joking like we about were it. Still, it was still a joke. Uh, and um, <clears throat> it was in, I think March. So um, we had February, March, I think it was late March when things started getting serious. And I think the governor started shutting some things down. But at that point we were already kind of, uh, we were full throttle into it and already had it set in our hearts. Like, Hey, we're going to do this. Um, and um, Kylie, um, when she sets her mind to something, she does it. And uh, I've always been really impressed by the fact that um, she's got a really high drive. Uh, same with Shana and same with I, uh, with me. Um, set her mind to it, we're doing it. And um, obstacles or not, we're, we're, we'll figure a way to get around it or get over it or get through it. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful for the three of us because I think that's that's why. Um couldn't have done it without without the three of us. Um, yeah, and and Kylie and Shana included in that. Um, 
It doesn't even feel like it's been that long. It feels like it your company is brand. It's well, it's still two years. Yep. You just made two years right. yesterday, right? Yes, sir. <clears throat> and it, while it's been two years, it still feels like you just started it. And I remember going and doing a video tour and everything else. And I remember you making me some coffee and it was great. And I'm like, dude. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, at that time, <clears throat> I don't like thinking about it now. I don't remember COVID being an issue. And, and it was because you had sanitizer. You had you had to wear the mask nice. and all this good stuff. And I'm like, but it, I don't know. Co the COVID issue the pandemic has altered space-time reality it has i don't understand what's happening because I, I feel like it's been decades mm -hmm. but it's only been two and a half years i'm like what happened i think it'll be our um our generations before the war uh like you were before the war uh, <laughs> the bc be before, before, <laughs> before covid um and yeah so when we opened um we and we still have some remnants of it. So there's there's still uh, hoo stickers on the ground, and that was meant for uh, social distancing and where people line up. Uh, we were only allowed three tables when we opened up inside, and we're only allowed three chairs per table. Wow. They had to be ten feet apart from the back of this chair to the back of this chair, uh, and so we were only allowed three tables. And then we had our bar seating and slow bar, um, but mask and and social distancing and all those fun things. Um, I'm, I'm almost thankful for it because uh, it allowed us some grace. Uh, I think it allowed us some um, some ability to slowly yeah, ramp up. Yeah. I, I think, um, so like today, for instance, we were really busy this morning. Uh, and I think had we been this as busy as we were today on our first day, uh, it would have been really hard to manage. Yeah. Um, especially being a new business, a new concept. Um, out of the 12 people that we originally hired, only three had ever made coffee before. Wow. And so, so you're uh, having to teach these people and teach them, yeah. not only teach them how to make coffee, but how to understand orders, how to uh, be able to hold a conversation <laughs> in the style of coffee that we want to put out and, and the product that we want to do. Um, had we been as busy as we were today or on our normal Saturdays, um, when we first opened, it would have been difficult. Yeah. Um, so I think it gave us a chance to slowly ramp up in, in a healthy way. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Um, I'm really thankful for that that first year and, and yeah. uh, how easy it was to just slowly get into it. So Yeah. Well, uh, I want to get my sponsors in real quick. Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson, who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate. The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the Best Music School by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app, The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an iPad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on Apple products. So with that, Check out their stores. They got two locations in Acadiana, one next to Buffalo Wild Wings off of Ambassador in Lafayette, and at their new location in Karen Crow next to Super One Foods. You can check them out at theorchardstores.com or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. All right, David. <clears throat> so we 
are still talking about, of course, Huya coffee and all that good stuff. So you started out with coffee, and I went to the Facebook page today, and I've been seeing food posts from you guys because I follow you guys. Um, if you don't follow them, you should look up Huya Craft Coffee on Facebook and I think Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you guys have this one item besides coffee that I want to try so bad. And I don't live anywhere near Youngsville. So to, for me to go out there to get this, I have to make a special trip. And one day I'm going to make a special trip is gourmet Pop-Tarts. Yeah, pop tarts. <laughs> like that, that right there, in and of itself, just screams like, "Come eat me!" Like, yeah, and they look pretty. I got a couple of images here. I'm gonna let some people see. So this one right here is a blue iced pop tart. What is this pop tart? It's the one with the, uh, the white sprinkles. Yes, uh, so that's a blueberry pop tart. Um, that one was a blueberry. God, it looks so good. Yeah. So the the pop tarts are a funny story. Um, we started out when we first opened up, uh, focusing our energy and our staff's energy on coffee yeah. and drinks. Why not? And, and we also had a, and we still do a gourmet, we call it a bougie toast bar. It's really thick cut bread from Great Harvest. Um, Brian Melanson's over there and it's, it's, it's bread from his place. And, um, we, we have a whole bougie toast bar line that we do. And we were focusing our energy on that and allowing, uh, Brian to focus his energy on, um, uh, our pastry case. So we were we were purchasing um, pastries from Brian at a Great Harvest uh, to include scones, muffins, breads, things like that. Um, we had also hired a pastry chef to come in and help us out. Um, uh, called uh, her name's uh, Amanda Wildblood. Um, Wild blood. Wild blood. Yeah, Amanda Wildblood. Um, is she a Chinamachan? She is not. Um, Cause that sounds like a and that, red blooded that, that, name right there. Like wild blood. I love it. That's, that's her married name. Um, Amanda is absolutely amazing. Um, uh, man, I, I wish I had half the skill that she does in the kitchen. Um, she's absolutely amazing. But Amanda came in and she was playing around the kitchen and we were doing turnovers. Uh, and we were putting a few turnovers out and she had made a boudin turnover. Um, and so she stuffed it with boudin and um, topped it with pepper jelly and crackling. Uh, but these little triangle turnovers. Uh, and she also had some uh, chicken and artichoke pesto turnovers. We were just utilizing stuff that we had in the kitchen. And um, I don't remember who exactly it was. And I think if you asked them, everybody would take credit for it. But I think it was a joint <laughs> effort. Uh, I think several people had mentioned doing Pop-Tarts. Okay. Or doing them in, in a rectangle like a Pop-Tart. And crimping them. And it was just, uh, Amanda made some. Um, and I, I don't remember if it was the boudin or the savory Pop-Tarts first or if we immediately started doing sweet Pop-Tarts, uh, but Pop-Tarts were introduced into our lineup. And um, for lack of better words, the rest is history on it. Um, we entered our boudin Pop-Tart uh, into a, um, a national challenge or a national competition through uh, General Mills um, called Nations to Neighborhoods or Neighborhoods to Nations. Neighborhoods to Nations. Yeah, I, uh, I remember so that. So we were, we were entered into that. Um, and we wanted to be special. So we didn't do just a regular strawberry pop tart. We did our boudin pop tart and, um, man, when that thing took off, um, it was, uh, it, it, it did a lot for us. Um, we started ramping up and we went from having just a couple pop tarts in the case. Um, uh, if you would have came in or if you look at earlier pictures, you might only see four or five, um, different flavors. We've probably done over 50 since then. Different flavors 50 that we flavors. rotate in and out. Okay. But you don't have 50 in a case. Uh, we don't have 50 at one time. So we keep uh, we keep the entire top uh, shelf of the pastry case for Pop-Tarts, uh, and we can fit five different flavors up there. So depending on the season, depending on what ingredients we have, um, sometimes we'll, we'll at least have three, uh, but sometimes we'll have as much as five. Uh, cookie butter and strawberry stay up there. That's our highest. Cookie butter and strawberry. Highest bro, demanded Pop-Tarts is cookie butter and <laughs> strawberries. It's the, those two. Um, so we always had those available. Uh, and boudin is always available. Um, but the rest of them we rotate in depending on what we have available. Um, sometimes we'll have blueberry or we'll do, if we get some good lemons, we'll do lemon and blueberry, um, raspberry. Um, we've also started to where we, uh, we'll stuff them with uh, brownies. Uh, we have a really good brownie recipe that we use, and we'll stuff them with brownies. Um, and so uh, we'll also stuff them like on our birthday cake one. I think you had a picture of that one, um, the one with the number two on it. 
Uh, so that one's stuffed with um, yellow birthday cake that has sprinkles mixed in and some other flavors and Bavarian cream. Uh, so if you were to open that one up, you would you would see a birthday cake on the inside, essentially. Um, and wow. so, uh, so, so we'll do some fun ones like that. We we do them in in the regular, um, would easily recognizable uh, pop tart shapes. Yeah. Uh, but we also make larger pop cakes, so they they look like a pop tart, uh, but five times bigger. They're huge. Um, so we do those when people ask for them or for events. We'll we'll make pop cakes. So how thick are the Pop-Tarts here? Because I'm seeing a top-down view. Like, mm-hmm. what's the thickness level? So depending on on what's in them, the blueberry ones are probably about that thick. So uh, three-quarters of an inch, yeah. roughly? Uh, and then the, the birthday cake, the um, the brownie, and the, the cookie dough ones that we've done are, are much thicker. Um, they're, they, they're, they have some, some heft to them. Man. I'm, I'm, I want a Pop-Tart. <laughs> I want okay. a Pop-Tart. I feel like a jerk now for not bringing one. <gasps> oh, God. Okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I come this way often. Uh, I'll shoot you a call. And, Look, uh, don't, text don't feel I'll bad for not bringing many. I need to go over there and get a Pop-Tart because I want one so bad. We'll do that or a brownie bomb. The brownie bombs will, will, will mess you up too. <sighs> so the brownie bombs are essentially, uh, we, 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 uh, we make a brownie batter and we pour it into a, um, uh, muffin pan, and once it's done baking, um, we use the handle of a scoop, and we press down the center of it, and then we fill that center with cookie butter, or we'll melt uh, white chocolate chips and fill the center of it up. Um, we'll do we'll do brownie bombs and those. Man, man, you put those in a in a like a coffee mug, yeah. And warm it up just a little bit, and then put ice cream on top. Man, you need to stop. It's so good, it's, dude. It's it's almost lunchtime. I yeah. need to eat something that's not full of sugar yet. Boudin pop tart. God, a loaded see, boudin pop tart. Yeah, that sounds egg, good. Bacon. Um, okay, do yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a throw a joke at you. You don't get the boudin from the the, the center aisle at Walmart, do you? We do not. Um, <laughs> so we start we started out buying boudin from a local company. Okay. Um, and it came to a point where um, that wasn't um, that wasn't an option any longer. Um, and so I talked to my dad. My dad used to make boudin uh, tamales. Uh, so he had a recipe for boudin. Um, Boudin tamales. Boudin tamales. Oh, God. Yeah. So he, he was uh, he was making he was making all kind all sort of very traditional tamales, uh, but one of them was also a boudin tamale, uh, hot sauces and other things. Um, and so I, I called him up. I said, Hey, Dad, can I get can I get your recipe? I need I need a boudin recipe. <laughs> and uh, so he sent me his recipe minus a few ingredients and instructions. Um, that's that's a long thing in our family where we'll share a recipe, but you're not getting all of it. Uh, right, you had even, to figure it out yourself. Even still, uh, the recipe that I have posted at the shop, uh, although I'm the only one who makes the boudin at the shop, uh, the recipe that I have up there um, is missing things. And I know what it's missing and where it's missing. Um, and so I just have that one ingredient memorized. Everything else is written down. Um, wow. So, we, um, yeah, we make boudin. Uh, I do it about once a uh, once a month, I make so it's like a batch. coded. It's a coded recipe. Yeah, it's it's only partially listed, but yeah. you know. So, do you have like? Um, I want to say, is it Todd Graves? He has um, the the cane sauce recipe behind lock and key somewhere, yeah. and apparently he so say he is the only one who knows that recipe. I find that hard to believe. Somebody else has to know it. I find I find that hard to believe. Knowing knowing what we've gone through with the uh, the health department and like what all information we have to give, <laughs> I uh, I find that hard to believe. But um, maybe um, yeah, unless he figured out a way to skirt it legally to where he only had to list. I guess some of the, cause you have to list the ingredients because yep. if people are allergic, right. cause if you read the ingredients of cane sauce, mm-hmm. there's um, anchovy in yep. it. And a lot of people may not realize that, but you know, I think wish is it Worcestershire sauce yep. is anchovy based. Yep. And like, I didn't know that. And then I'm like, dude, I've been eating like fish sauce. Like that's essentially what that is. I'm like, Oh God, I don't eat a whole lot of fish. And like, Man. but I, I get it. Don't ever read the ingredients for what's in sausage. <laughs> It'll ruin you. Oh, I know. Look, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, uh, as a kid, my dad would always joke with us kids saying, oh, y'all like them hot dogs, huh? You, you eating a bunch of cow lips and mm-hmm. uh, pig butt and whatever else. I'm yeah. like, that can't be true. They wouldn't do that. And I go read the ingredients. And while it doesn't explicitly say yeah. those items, it says other 
Is it, <laughs> close. It says pork, chicken, and uh, beef usually. It's like two or three things mixed. I'm like, okay. I, I'm just, my imagination is telling me that mm. this is the other portions of what may, what some people may consider edible. Mm. Like cow tongue. Yep. For a lot of people, is edible. Yep. It's a it's a delect de- delicacy yeah. for even like uh, Mexican culture and like with tacos. But I don't want to eat it. It's not my thing. It's not my vibe, yeah. man. It's not what is it? It's not my bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, just uh, back into the, the lock and key thing. Secret yes. gear ingredients. So, so it's not it's not it's not a secret ingredient. Um, it's really just about portions because, you know, having having one of too many things can really mess up a good boudin. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's more about portions. You uh, have liver in yours, right? Mm. Lock and key, man. <laughs> lock and key. Like there's no. Over here, lock and key. <laughs> well, I think most people in, in the Cajun world know that boudin has liver right. to some degree. Yeah. Now. I, I, I don't, obviously I don't know portions or anything like yeah. that, but <laughs> so we, we do have a traditional boudin recipe okay. uh, that we use. Okay. Um, you have a traditional and you probably have another one. I'm we, sure <laughs> we, we have a traditional boudin recipe that we use. Um, we're really proud of it. It's um uh, man come in on a day where we're cooking boudin at the shop. Um, the entire shop smells like boudin. It smells fantastic. I bet. Uh, and so, uh, and usually what I'll do is once I get done, bef- and we don't put it in casing, obviously. Um, so once I get done uh, with it, um, I'll, I'll usually start portioning it out and seeing who's in the shop and, and start bringing over samples to people. Hey, if, you, if you're hungry, take, yeah. take a bite of this. Um, let me know if it needs something. It's, uh, it's normally spicier than, than what you would normally get, um, largely because by the time we put it into the pastry, which, which kind of sweetens it up a little bit, and we put pepper jelly and a few other things, um, it, it really calms down that spice that's naturally in it. Uh, so I have to make it spicier than normal uh, when I'm making the the base. Okay. So, um, yeah, we, it's a, I say big, you know, if you go talk to a professional boudin maker, they'll laugh at the amount. But for us, for a coffee shop, we do about 50 pounds a month uh, worth of boudin that we make. Um, so it's a, it's a full day of boudin. Yeah. 50 pounds. I mean, Hey, that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's uh we're proud That's of a, it. Yeah, it's a pretty decent amount to be stuffing inside of Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Now, a company such as Don's or Billy's, I mean. That's nothing. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they go through that in like an hour. Yeah. I mean, they got to they gotta pump out so much boudin. Honestly, I don't know how they manage it, how they, because you can go almost any day to get boudin balls and they're fresh and, I say fresh, they're, they're fresh enough mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, and filled with pepper jack cheese and all these other things. I'm like, dang. And I want to say Don's, the owner of Don's, I interviewed him uh, with another thing I do. And he told me how much boudin they make. It was a lot. Yeah. It was several thousands of pounds a year. That's insane. I'm like, God, I, I couldn't imagine. And, like, of course, plate lunches and hot mm-hmm. dogs. I mean, he told me, like, the number of things he would sell in a year. I'm like, dude, it's insane. Like, I think the boudin, I think boudin ranked pretty high up there on the a quantity amount. But, yep. yes, it's really wild. I forgot um, with that, with Pop-Tarts, last, so last year, um, not including any bulk orders, and we had bulk orders of uh, 500. Uh, we had some pretty big bulk orders last year. Um, not including bulk orders, I, I know it was close to 20-something thousand Pop-Tarts uh, that, that, we, um, that we pumped out. Uh, and like I said, that's not including Pop Cakes, bulk orders, or um, things that we gifted out. Um, or even the, so we do like the teacher appreciations and, and Mother's Day Pop Tarts. We'll put them in a bag with a with a voucher for a drink. Um, so we, we pump out some Pop Tarts. Yeah. So you said twenty thousand. That's that's for about a calendar year, roughly. Yeah, and and that was last year. Uh, we're going to exceed that number this year. Uh, Pop Tarts didn't really start taking off until um, March or April is really when they started to take off. Uh, we almost took the boudin Pop Tart off the menu. We were getting close to doing that. We were just kind of waiting to see what this competition did and to see if we can get some traction on it. Uh, but we weren't moving many of them. Uh, and we were getting close to like, hey, we need to, to focus some energy on some other stuff. And uh, when the when the the announcement came out that we won and the um, the, the media attention we got behind it, it was, hey, we need to double down yeah. and make more. Uh, so um, 
Yeah, the Boudin Pop Tart, which is a which is a uh, customer favorite, was almost uh, almost next. You know, and that's so wild. In 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 business, you you know, as a business owner, like, okay, what I have here is good. Mm-hmm. Just nobody knows about it. Yeah. And if you can only tell somebody, yeah, about what you have, then they would they would appreciate it and buy it. But how do you do that? And then you guys. I mean, by the grace of God, essentially, is that you had this media coverage and this competition. I think it was a competition. Yeah, it was a nationwide competition. Yeah, um, that they, they there's chefs that are there's companies that that put into this competition and have been doing it for 15 years and have never made it past the first election. Um, and uh, to say it was, I think it was a good mix of being really fortunate, right place, right time. Our uh, our sales rep from Cisco. Um, had had mentioned that we should do it, uh, and her saying that to the right person who had the amount of energy to do it at the moment and uh, and convinced us to do it um, made made a huge impact in our business. Um, we we saw what it would um, what focusing energy and money into advertising can do for us because the issue that we had is we were we were yelling into an echo chamber. We were we were yelling to this really small group of people um that loved us we loved them uh but there were so many people who didn't know about us yeah uh, and we're still finding people in the neighborhood so we're right next to sugar Mill pond where, where our shop is attached to the neighborhood we're still finding people in the neighborhood that don't know we exist Dude. people that can see our shop from their front door don't know we exist and every time i do that uh and i find out because we live in the neighborhood my wife and i and our kids uh, and we walk and, and we'll meet people. It's a, it's a really friendly neighborhood and, uh, we'll get to chatting and Hey, what do you do? Well, we had the coffee shop up front, uh, on Shaman and I'll say, what coffee shop? And I'm like, <laughs> the one that's been there for two years. Yeah. Uh, like but, it's right there. And they like, I drive by there all the time. I had no idea. And it, it blows me away every time. Um, yeah. and so it's, it, but it's also a reminder to me like, Hey, you got to get out there. Um, you have to, you have to get out there and you have to advertise. You have to do some unconventional advertising. Um, the, my kids uh, went to school right near the roundabout by the shop and their teachers didn't know we existed because they never came past that roundabout. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? How do we, how do we encourage them to go out of their way to come see yeah. us? It's a creature of habit mentality. Yep. I mean, um, I, with the page I run, I, I, there's a lot of people that follow it. Yep. And I think one of the things that helps us is that we cover the, the gamut of the parish mm-hmm. as far as like South, North, uh, I say east and west. I don't know if we have a true east and west, but north and south for sure. And there's people from the south side of town. Like mm-hmm. if you're south of Johnston Street, yep. you don't go north of Johnston Street because you don't need anything yep. there usually. Um, and then people from the north part of the Johnston Street, they only go to the south side because all, all the popular stuff, but they 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 go one track. But mm-hmm. like if people are defined, they, they've defined their their routes and their, their kind of their living quarters and they, they live within that and they yep. find what they need within that. And um, it's just, it's just interesting to, to watch. And to your point of how you, you know, you two years in and you think people should know you by now. Mm-hmm. I've been doing developing Lafayette for 10 years, yep. over 10 years. There are still people who I'll talk to that are prominent in the community. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. So I run, you know, developing Lafayette and they go, are you guys with the government or something like that? I'm like, yeah. mm, close. No, but yeah. So I'll tell them a little bit about it and I'll say, okay, you might've seen it before. Mm-hmm. It might've come across your feed, but again, creature of habit, yep. you get into the, the mode of swiping or driving without, you know, looking. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people don't notice things for a while. They, mm-hmm. they get into that tunnel vision of just going back and forth to work and home. And then, Everything else on the side is Becomes white noise. Is white noise. Yep. Urban urban um, camouflage is yeah. what it, what it's called. Yeah, it just becomes all the same at some point. We we try to combat that by having uh, bright colors in our logo. Um, there's some restrictions on what on what they allow us to do. Um, yeah, and sugar milk sign, yeah. sign wise. Um, so we just try to um, stay within those boundaries, but uh, be eye catching, be inviting. Um, you can't put one of those little uh, men that no, blow over and wave and flip no signs. Uh, we 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 had uh, <laughs> and listen. I love the city. I yeah. really do. Um, the city has allowed and invited us in as outsiders. 
uh, and given us a platform that my hometown didn't give us. Um, absolutely love the city and what they're doing there. I, I love this area in general. Um, but we had one, we had one that, that competition, they had sent us some yard signs to put out. I put a yard sign out near our drive through uh, and it wasn't there 30 minutes before a, uh, code and enforcement truck drove up, picked it up, threw it in the back of the truck and left. Wow. Yeah. Signs like that can't be put out. <laughs> they, uh, can I have my sign back? <laughs> yeah, I just, can I just have it? Um, and so, um, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I love and appreciate the fact, cause I think that's why Youngsville looks as good as it does. Is, is they're really on top of those sort of things, but, uh, advertising, it can be tough. Um, so we, we, uh, we do a decent amount through, uh, we had, we had some, uh, some TV ads running for a while. Um, and then we've also, um, been really fortunate to, to have some platforms, uh, like on developing life yet, uh, and some other, uh, news agencies that have given us some platforms like, uh, Gerald Grulig and, and yeah. some, some of those oh, yeah. people. We've been really fortunate to have a relationship with them. Yeah, Gerald, he, uh, man, the the energy behind that guy I is wish. just, uh, I, I can't maintain that. Uh, I can do that for like a short spurt if yeah. I need to. It's also not my personality. Mm-hmm. I'm not like this, like, let's go. Yeah. Like my little boy, he's five going on six. He plays on his tablet. He plays Roblox and mm-hmm. he has friends and, they're all playing together and they'll, they'll be like, let's go. And I'm like, Oh, it reminds me whenever I played like uh halo and call of duty when I was younger, I play yeah. call of duty today to still today. But, um, yeah, my, like maybe it's just me getting older, even though I'm 36, I feel like mm-hmm. my let's go energy is just in a different, I'm using it in a different capacity. It's more like, come on. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just come on. Let's, come on. let's roll come on, three dots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go. Oh God, he's, he's such a cool guy, and his uh, his camera his camera guy that works with him, John, is super super chill, really nice too. Um, and I, I enjoy working with those guys; they're they're really fun. Then uh, he he's got a really good story too. If uh, if you ever get a chance to sit down and talk with him, it's uh, about John. Uh, no, well, John John's got a cool story, but uh, Gerald, yeah, Gerald. Uh, Gerald's got a really cool story, and and um, it's very similar to you. Uh, the the desire to help small businesses is very genuine, and it's um, you can feel it. Um, and, and as a small business owner, it's, it's very much appreciated because it's hard to get on a platform um, of any sort. And so to be to be afforded an opportunity uh, by somebody who's doing it um, in a very genuine way is, is, is nice. So, yeah. um, you know, tr- truly, I, I said it earlier off camera uh, or off uh, off mic. I thank you. But really, you know, we are really I really appreciate you having us on here. Uh, it, it really does mean a lot. I appreciate that. Look, I, like you said, I like I like to genuinely help people. And uh, I, you know, Developing Lafayette was started because I had a curiosity about what was coming. And it, it it's still that uh, it's still the root of it is still that. But I've realized that, you know, with as many people that follow us and the engagement that we get, mm-hmm. like showing off the businesses that make Lafayette Parish, what it is, yep. whether you're in, you're, in, you're in Youngsville, Broussard, Karen Crow, sometimes Doosan because it kind of it's on that border, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm missing. Oh, Scott, Scott's blowing up. I mean, there's different places around the parish that just provide what we're known for as yep. far as the Cajun heartland, essentially. And, you know, I, I, I want to show that off. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's an old business or a new business, um, I've realized that like you said, there are people out there that don't realize a business exists. There's probably businesses that have been around for 50 years that people yeah. don't know about, whether they're, they've lived here all their lives or they're, they're uh, I say, new converts to mm-hmm. the Lafayette Parish vibe. They may not know about it. Yep. So sometimes highlighting those older businesses are also, you know, good because I'm all about new businesses, but, you know, some of these older businesses are worth talking about. Yep. So, yeah. 100%. Uh, I- so I started following your page whenever we opened up. I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in Lafayette, and I was from the Franklin area. Um, and so we, we would come to Lafayette, but following your page and seeing some of these, these places, like, man, I never knew that they existed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that, that as a new business owner, um, that I'm just more conscious of as a consumer. Um, I'm, I'm more conscious of um, supporting local businesses um, and, and finding local restaurants. We're, we're trying to think of somewhere to go. Uh, we have our favorites when it comes to some local joints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We also like, hey, let's go try something different. Um, um, and when I go there, 
I usually ask them, and we've talked about this off mic too, about, um, hey, you just fix me something special. Yeah. Uh, when I go to somewhere new, uh, especially if it's a style that's that's not um, something that I normally gravitate to, um, like, hey, can you just choose something on the menu for me? I just want something new. I'm here because I want something new. I want to try something new. Provide me something new. Um because if not, if I just choose off the menu, I'll end up going what's comfortable. And yeah, you're going to get a burger on, uh, you're going to go to a Cuban restaurant and, and get, get a burger. burger. Yeah, <laughs> like, so no, nope. no, nah, just fix me. I, I don't eat seafood, which uh, I know is, um, is against Cajun law, but, uh, I've, I've never had, um, uh, I've never cared for seafood. So. Bro, we're, we're here. Look, yeah, I don't eat seafood tough. either. Like the only seafood I will eat, mm-hmm. I'll tolerate. I used to eat fish sticks when I was a kid. I don't eat it now because it's not my thing. Um, but as far as fish goes, if we go to a nice restaurant and they have mahi mahi, mm-hmm. I will eat that. Really, it's it doesn't have that fishy aftertaste, um, and it's really clean and flaky. And whenever it's cooked with like good lemon on a hard wood plank, you mm-hmm. know how they church it up on the menu, I'll eat that. But it's not often. Like I'm, I'm pretty red blooded when it comes to the food. Like I want a good. Like if I'm going to eat, I want a steak. Yeah. I'll go to Poor and River Ranch. They have a really good fillet. Texas Roadhouse. That was my first fillet I've ever had in my life. Really. That that whenever I was probably sixteen, seventeen years old, maybe eighteen. I remember going to Texas Roadhouse and I I ordered my first fillet ever in my life. My mom and dad were like, "Y'all get what y'all want." Uh, it must have been tax season or something. And I said, you know, I want to try a filet. I, I, I started watching Hell's Kitchen and I hear about all these other items. And I'm like, I see a filet on the menu. I want to try that. And so I order that. And uh, somebody on the, the next table says, if you get that steak, you better not put uh, you know, steak sauce on it. I'm like, oh, okay. And this is from, this is in Alexandria. This is where the Texas Roadhouse is. So that's why I added that uh, northern kind of situation happening, the redneck sound. Um, But I was like, no, no steak sauce. Like, what are you talking about? Like, more ketchup, please. That's what steak (laughs) sauce is for. So I was like, you know what? And he, he made a good point. He said, if that steak is good, it's going to be good without the sauce. You just go ahead and trust me on that one. I'm like, all right, whatever. So the steak comes out. <laughs> oh my. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. Uh, I don't know if that's cultural appropriation or not, but I'm from the area, so I can do that if I want to. All right. Okay. So I, I the steak comes to my table. And it's it's a nice hefty looking piece of meat, and mm. and I think at the time I got it not well done because that's that's a, I learned that it's a mortal sin. It's against the law. Yeah, but I I did well, uh, medium well, and so and it and you know sometimes it's never exactly right. Mm. Sometimes it's usually less. Sometimes it's more depending on who the cook is. But it came out and it was the best tasting steak that I've ever had. And I used zero sauce. I ate it as it was mm. from the, the grill and beautiful. I was like, if this is what steak is supposed to be, I want this. Every day. Because I used to grill my own steaks at home not knowing what I was doing. I'd get a T-bone from the local grocery store in, in my small town mm. and I'd just throw it on a, a grill with a flaming hot fire and, and that was it. It was yeah. overcooked and it, 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 chewy and... And I had to down it with some sauce to kind of make it tolerable. And this piece was so smooth. And then I moved to Lafayette into the 2010. And then I hear about Ruth Chris and, and I've seen it on like Kardashians, Ruth mm-hmm. Chris, but you know, they had it here and I was afforded an opportunity to go there without having to pay for it, which mm-hmm. if you, if you know what Ruth Chris is, it's expensive. Um, so my wife and I, we went and I got the filet there. Like I, all I get is filet now. Mm. Like that's all I want. And it was probably even the best steak at that time. Like it was so good. I'm like, what is the deal? I can't keep, I can't just come mm. to Ruth Chris to get a steak. Cause it's so expensive, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of butter and all this good stuff. Cause filet is usually a lean piece of meat. And then uh, poor in river ranch. They have a great filet, but I'm going, I'm on a filet trip. Y'all stop. I'm hungry. God dang it. I uh I've I've been on a kick here lately, uh, where if they if they offer a special that doesn't have seafood, I'll I'll go with that. And the last one I had was at a preservation in New Iberia. Okay. Um, 
they had a pork steak, a bone-in pork steak. And um, I, I would never order that off the menu. Um, but because they said special, I was, man, that sounds really good. And it was. It was really good. Um, it was so cooked, though, right? It was. Okay. Man, it was good. Um, yeah, it was great. That was a great uh, pork steak. Um, have you ever been to uh, Johnson's in downtown Johnson? I think it's Buccaneer. I have not. They have a pork steak on Sunday. Now, you got to get there early. Yeah. Because it runs out. But you get the pork steak, and it comes with, you know, rice and beans and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I think a piece of bread. But the pork steak, normally in Cajun country, a pork steak is a piece of bone-in pork chop, pretty much. Essentially, you just slap it on the grill. You you get it real hot. You cook it all the way through. It's mm-hmm. it's it's hard as a rock, and, you know, it's chewy. Mm-hmm. Um but you'll tolerate it because you slap some Jack Miller's on it and it's good or pig stand, whatever your favorite is. They're both the same to me. Um, but I like Jack Miller's if I'm going to get it. So, and it's, it's fine. You eat it. They have that, mm-hmm. but it's bigger and they, they slow cook it and I got it and I stuck my fork in it and it just literally broke as I stuck my fork in it. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be different. This is different. This is different. And so I was eating it. I'm like, dude, I, what, ruined. why does this food gotta be so freaking good? Like I, I'm, uh, it ruins you. Yeah. It does, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good food would do that to you. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've been, I've been on here lately. Uh, charcuterie boards. I know I'm, 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 I'm late to the trend on that, but man, I love those things and I uh, started getting into cheese and different meats and, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where we had one here right recently, um, uh, it's, it's downtown with the bull, the Spanish place. Um, oh, 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 Pamplona's, uh, yeah. Man, that was great. I uh, went there with my brother. He was in town uh, and, and some other friends that we have. And um, I had never been before. And it was one of those deals. That I was like, hey, Bobby, um, you order. Um, I just don't want seafood. And so he ordered everything for the table. You sure you don't want the fish with the head still no, on it? <laughs> I'm good. Um, man, it was great. Um, however, with, with seafood, I, yeah. I will eat it if it's put in front of me. Um, <clears throat> So um, if if I'm somewhere and 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 that's what's on the table, well, that's what we're gonna eat. And uh, <laughs> okay, it won't be my thing. But uh, so you were one of those kids growing up where your mama said, "Hey, this is all we're gonna get. If you don't eat it, you're going to bed." Yeah, and if <laughs> if you don't like it for dinner, you better hope you like it for breakfast. Right. Uh, oh lord. Yeah. So it was uh, that was your meal until you were done with it, and you can have uh, another. You can have something else when you're finally done with this. So uh, I had I had many uh, breakfasts that were um, left over from dinner. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It's that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I'll eat uh, crawfish now in, on a, in a social environment. If, uh, if we're all sitting around peeling crawfish, I'll eat it, but it's, uh, it's never anything that I'll order. Yeah. I can't, I can't do crawfish. My mom can, my wife thankfully doesn't like uh, seafood either. Really? I know it, we were made for each other for real. Like um, I don't have to worry about going to a restaurant and feeling shamed by yeah. my own spouse. Like, we don't, we don't order. It's steak or chicken or pork. Yeah. Usually. Like um, my wife, know. we see food. Uh, my, my youngest will too. Um, my youngest loves, she's uh she's nine. Uh, she loves shrimp fettuccine. That's if we go somewhere, <clears throat> she'll either order a shrimp fettuccine or steak medium rare. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. She's a uh, blue almost. She, yeah. She loves some steak. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> she, yeah. Vivian loves some steaks. <laughs> so, um, we have some videos of her, um, we were eating steak at home and she was, she couldn't have been more than two, two and a half. And, um, she called it steak, and, uh, she's like, I want steak. Yeah. She's still into steak. So that's good. Shrimp. She likes shrimp, not fried. Okay. So I want to go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um, we have y'all's website. So if you're watching still, uh, thank you. Cause, uh, I, I'm took, I've taken an hour of your time. Um, so Huya craft coffee.com H U Y A C R A F T C O F F E E.com. Uh, I don't know why I have felt led to spell it for you, but, uh, just in case you needed it and you can see it on your screen there too. Um, and so a couple more photos, this is a photo of David and his family from, it looks like from the, uh, the, the anniversary, the birthday party, yesterday. Yeah, the birthday party. Yeah. So, and we also have a couple of uh, other photos. So they use Rev Coffee, uh, which is a local roaster here. If you don't know Rev, then like we've talked about, uh, they've been around for 
we'll say nine years now. Uh, great company. They have a couple of locations. Check them out. And then this is some of their uh, specials that uh, Huya has had. This is a breakfast burrito. I think it had, uh, was it chorizo and some other stuff in it? Chorizo, potatoes, eggs. Um, it was a... Uh, Without the tortilla or the cheese, it was over 10 ounces of filling. It was a, it was a massive <coughs> Wow, it does burrito. look big, yeah. And then you have this, which is a, uh, it looks like a California-inspired quinoa dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost, I almost thought it was um, avocado toast before I clicked the photo to make it bigger. And I was like, wow, okay, it says quinoa in the, the caption. I've never had quinoa. Is it yeah. kind of like a rice? It is. Okay. So it. the story behind the Saturday specials real quick is, um, and then that's just so they know, the every Saturday is a different special. Sometimes we'll, we'll rotate them back in if they were a, a customer favorite, but every Saturday we'll do a Saturday special. Uh, either myself, uh, our manager, Logan, or we have a new chef, and she'll be doing them too. Um, but we start developing them earlier in the week. Uh, we make a test one. If we like it, we go forward with it. Um, but every Saturday is something different. And uh, we only do about 24 to 30 servings, and that's it. Uh, once they're out, they're out. Wow. And, um, you got to get them while you can. And uh, they're usually breakfast-themed because that's when we're the busiest. And so we usually try to do a breakfast-themed special. Um, How long does that last? You said 30 to 50-ish? Uh, 24 to 30 uh, is normally what we do. Okay. Uh, if it's during our really peak season and we know it's a great one, so let's say, uh, like, we did boudin breakfast burritos, and um, – I think we had to make 60 of those. Like the first time we made it, only 25. They sold out within an hour. Um, and then, so the next time we did them, we did about um, 50 or 60. And um, anyway, it took us a little bit longer to sell out. Okay. Um, but like last week, those breakfast burritos sold out within an hour and a half, two hours. They were Man, done. Um, yeah. You got to get there. You got to be at the door ready. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and, um, and we'll do phone orders and all that. But when people know it's a hot one, they'll um, they'll order ahead and, and they'll have them um, – They'll order three or four at a time. Wow. So, um, we're excited about the special tomorrow. It's going to be a, um, a pulled pork sandwich with a uh, provolone cheese, fried egg, thick-cut tomato, and uh, a house-made hollandaise sauce that we nice. uh, put on the bread. So it's going to be a really big, thick, hearty sandwich that we're pretty excited about. It's uh, the, the photo should be coming out pretty soon. So Sweet. Um, I'm looking forward to that. We're excited. It's, yeah. it's going to be good. Well, cool. Um, David, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come hang out and talk about your company. And then, of course, go down a tangent of food talk. Um, and we, we had a few listeners drop off whenever I started talking about my own experiences with steak. Okay, I'm sorry if it was not the most entertaining for you. I thought it was great. And so hopefully you're still listening. But anyway, uh, David appreciate you again. Um, I, I love the, the company. I love the concept and I hope to try a pop tart soon. If not, if you don't come by, I'll bring you one. Okay. We'll make it happen. Yeah. We're going to make it happen. I don't know what flavor you're going to have, but honestly, I think at this point, any flavor looks good to me. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do love apple pie. We do have a good apple. You have an apple one. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to let me know when that one's around because that's probably one I want to try, but I love blueberry. I love all those uh, and like the pop the pop tart brand. Uh, speaking of, um, have you heard? Have you have you had any contact from the pop tart brand? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> not well yet. then, when, whenever we've done anything um, um, that was going to be um, televised or something like that, we we'll usually call it a puff pastry or a um, or a, or a, a puff tart or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I got um, a skirt around it. So. But I mean, people will call it what they want eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe right. getting a call now. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. Trust me. I waited long enough to the end of this that I don't think any Pop-Tart's executive call and ask me. Pop- you, you good? If, <laughs> first, yeah. You good? <laughs> good. If Pop Tart Corporation is watching this, then thank you for watching this. I I, I seriously appreciate your viewership there, Pop Tart, uh, which I doubt it. Um, yeah, anyway, David, uh, hope you have a great rest of your day and a great weekend, and uh, I look forward to trying pop-up soon. Yeah. Yeah.